Welcome to the Miller Martial Arts Podcast. It's a wonder how I got this graphic on the screen because somebody moved my Apple TV remote. I want to beat your fucking ass. That shit pisses me off. You know what really grinds my gears? Is when people move your shit. You put it in a spot because that's where it goes. And when somebody else goes, oh, I see this thing here. I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to move it to where I think it should go. But it's not yours. Who do you think did it? Whose face do you have? You got this face <laughs> on and it's in your head and it replays and you want to grab because it's natural. We all do. You know when you get your car broken into or something or something gets stolen? I do. And you, I do. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it always happens to him, but something gets stolen. You know, something stolen or something or you somebody did something at the gym and you got this. You got this person's face, and that motherfucker will probably live seven states away. <laughs> but you're like, I'm going to beat their fucking teeth in for this. Who is it? Who's face? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know what's really bad? You know, when I rode my one wheel yesterday, and I don't mean this in any harmful way or any negative way, but for some reason, I really value what Ben Jones has to say about the weather. And I look at my, I don't know why this is, it's become this saying that I say, that I have, and I don't know why, but I'll look at my weather app, which is not like Channel 13 or anything, nothing to do, but then I'll see that all of a sudden will be time to rain when it didn't say that an hour ago, and I'll go, God damn it, Ben Jones, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> and it's become my number one go-to, I don't know why, but I think he's the best weatherman, though. Like he's awesome. He's and, great. And I don't mean that. So that's why I'm saying, I'm like, God damn it, Ben Jones. I'm like, yesterday I'm riding my one wheel and it just fucking torrential downpours on me. And I'm looking at the phone and it, once again, just a weather channel app, nothing to do with Ben Jones. But I was, see, I don't I know mad. if he's a quality meteorologist or not, but he's a great fucking weatherman. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think he's cool. I think I, that's what I mean. He's a yeah. great weatherman. Is he a good meteorologist? I, w- I don't know. I'm not what's, challenging what's that. Jim Cantor or whatever. What's his name? Jim Cantor. The dude who's like fucking hanging sideways during typhoons and shit, but still holds on to the mic. The ball headed guy from Weather Channel. I don't know. Jim Cantor, right? Is that right? I haven't watched the Weather Channel in forever. Oh, you don't? Oh. No. Um, okay, this episode. Is is brought to you by me and Bubby, because we're making this happen. I'd also like to just say how great of a uh, coffee mug this old man's club coffee mug is from Ranger Up. They have some pretty cool stuffs on there, and you should buy it. If you'd like to give us money to advertise your business on this podcast, we like money. Message us, and we'll let you know if we're interested. Or send us an Apple remote. It's probably at the bottom of that big ass barrel of a mug right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. So what's I think, the topic? Sorry. I think we can get started. So, last. Well, hold on. It wasn't the last one. The last one we talked about when when I was on it, we talked about everything with the whole Corona, and we led into different things with uh, how it affected our schools and the importance of jujitsu and everything. And anyway. Some topics that have stemmed from that, and I think this um, podcast in general is going to lean to answering some questions for the beginner, and it's also going to kind of lay 
in found in line with like what coaches feel and say and think and uh so um we're not talking about conspiracies quite yet but but anyway we're going to cover some actual maybe some FYI or some uh frequently asked question type things too so we got one right here. This is common. And Cole, it's more common. Well, it's common for me as well, but it's very common with Cole. Being in, being in a military town, us, we're in a college town, so a lot of our guys haven't started yet. They start maybe with us. But we also have another big office, and we have people who maybe have trained at a previous city, and they move. And you leave your coach behind, and you leave your family behind, and everybody knows that you, when you train at a facility for a long time, you gained a lot of loyalty and, and then you always have that thing like the next gym's not going to be as great as, as this gym you know that, that I'm at now and you have that loyalty and you sometimes you have been with them long enough that you say I want to stay under my current professor and lineage or maybe you transfer within that lineage because you have that much loyalty to that lineage maybe like Carlson Gracie team you know, another soul fighter school or a Hibero affiliate, however it may be, or Alliance gym, you would kind of stay inside that realm, but you may even want to stay inside under your current professor. Um, we have had these situations that people have transferred that are not black belts, but that are up and coming. And so how do you go about, how do you feel as a coach when someone says that and you as a student, is it disrespectful to ask to stay under your previous lineage and uh, instructor that you would like to remain? I personally have had a very good longtime friend, childhood friend, who is a purple belt under me, was a purple belt under me, but was uh, wants to stay under me, but was re he wound up receiving his brown belt from his new instructor in D.C. And... But he has always had this thing of like, I want to get my black belt under you. I believe that 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 ship has sailed now because he is not imprinted on him, but he gave you the brown. It would be odd for me, for me to think that if he goes from purple to brown under this guy and then back to black belt under me. I want to say now, though, he is, uh, I guess you could technically say a free agent because that affiliate closed down during the corona. Mm. And now... He is almost left stranded with now. I mean, I'll always claim him as mine. Still, he's a great friend of mine. But now the next closest affiliate with that instructor owned is 45 minutes away, which is light years in D.C. time. Nobody drives that far. So what should happen? And if he goes, oh, we seem to have an intruder over here. Cole's going to pull one of his 56 fucking false guns in. What are you doing? You are throwing a shit fit over that. I thought it was one of them Warner Robins Centerville exit rats that I've seen that are the fucking the size of a, a Yaris. But. You know I'm afraid of spiders. He was over there. We're in his domain. He's still over there now. He's so, just in pieces. So how do you do that? And what at what point does it become a... A, uh, a like, well, are you, you still want to remain under him? Is it a convenience factor for you? Is it a loyalty factor? What belt is that normally approachable at that they go, hey, can I ask respectfully that I'd like to stay under my previous lineage with my previous coach? And at what point do you go, 
you know, you're still a white belt, you know, <laughs> you know, or, you know, like, what would you do then? That would be a different scenario than, hey, I'm a purple belt. And I've had, I've had, I have a, I've been here for six years or whatever, five, four, you know, and how does the rest of your upper, your uppers in the academy, how do they feel about that guy? Because some people get like, okay, motherfucker want to stay where he's from. Well, he can go back to where he's from <laughs> or yeah. some, some people are like that. And they're like, oh, you think you're, you know, and you know, and, it, and it, I think it's all on your personal journey and BJJ and how you feel about it. Like that loyalty, like some people go like, and I guess maybe like, how would you feel if you really had a diehard connection with this guy? I believe wherever you go, you're learning, but I can understand like wanting to stay. For example, for example, Cole's my best friend. And when Cole got his black belt, I had the ability and I had the the chance. I could have, I could have went under Cole, Right. And, and, and even though Cole, he's, we're even like training together some and we're, I see him all the time, but I could have went under him, but I stayed under Jukau and I, and, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like one of them things. It was like, it, even when Cole got his first degree and could technically have given me the black belt, like when it was time, I stayed under Jukau that time. And I, I, I felt uh, that I, I'd felt bad in a sense of like, I felt like I, I shouldn't jump because even though, uh, even though a lot of my game come from Cole too. And as a friend, I had more loyalty as a friend, you know what I mean? In long term. So it was one of them subjects that I didn't want to be skipping, even though it was within American top team, you know? And actually I think he even expected, he's like, Hey, Cole got his black belt now and all that. And I think he kind of thought even at one point as well. Didn't I get my, first degree like the weekend before or the weekend after that you got your black belt i think it was before because okay. the date the, the date because it was how convenient yeah what was it like uh september the 6th or something like that you got the black uh, the technical the actual date um, no it was, it was december or was it december oh it was a, it was a christmas thing because we it was towards that time we were in when he got the black december belt. december 10th is when i got mine yeah i was uh that what? No, that was. Yeah, I'm sorry, December. I don't know why I'm thinking. December 10th. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking September, but yeah. December 10th, I got the black belt, and then my, my first degree came on like the 12th. Yes, because my mine was 14th. on the 15th. Yeah. Mine was on the mine was on the day that McGregor knocked out Aldo. Always remember that. that Dude, was, what a crazy fight! That, that was, was the day that I got my black belt. Cole wasn't there, and that's some shit. <laughs> now. I wasn't there. <laughs> to be fair, he wasn't ever told by Jukal a week before that he was going because it was a week before that he saw you at top team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like four days before, not yeah, like a yeah. week before, like four days. <laughs> he did it because he, he saw wanted, me he at like, to surprise me. He saw me at Tuesday blockade. Awesome. And then he promoted Bubby on Saturday. <laughs> didn't even tell me about it. Yeah. But I had no clue. But anyway, to the topic. I have a like I said I have kids that have come to me from other gyms in California. The other day was a touchy one. I had a striping ceremony uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, and two girls from California who are very fit to be gray belts, but I've only had them for a month. I'm not I'm not tying that new belt on them. I want them to warm up to our system, and to warm up to how we run things at the gym. Not just give them a belt because they were four stripers with other color stripes for achievements that they had. And I think they were first were like, oh, man. But their mom's like, no, no, no. Their coach is very stern where they come from. So this is very good. I was about they to need, say, he didn't need to see it. It's one thing to not give an adult 
a sure. gift belt sure. on the way out. But for the kids, when they got four stripes on their gray white oh, or whatever, he held them. He <laughs> come on, like, man. He's like, nah, sit your ass down. Go. Like he basically said, said, go somebody else with that shit. So, you know, I promoted my 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 youngest daughter. She got a stripe. My oldest daughter did not want one, didn't care to have one, understands it, was so happy for the youngest one. And my other kid, my kids, from, my other two from California I have, both of them got striped. They've been with me for six months. One stripe. <laughs> ain't fucking around with that shit. You, you, you ain't getting no damn yellow belt now. But but they rightfully earned it. And uh, so anyway, what do you feel about when people come? And I feel it's less touchy of a subject than the the new student makes it out to be. Sure. Like, I think that they think it's going to be this weird thing and they don't know how to talk about it and yeah. they don't know how to approach you or do they wait for you to approach them? It's this very weird thing. And, um, and I think that if you just, when you sign up, you should just say yeah. it, like say what you think yeah. or say what, if you had already made an agreement with your former instructor or, something like that, then you should just say that to the new coach because yeah. like the last thing that you want to do as an instructor is not know about it and give this guy two stripes. Sure. Then like over social media or some bullshit or, yeah. or another student tells you they saw a photo with this guy yeah. last week and he had no stripes on his belt after you had just given him two or something. That's right. And then – you know, or then they go out of town on a seminar to see their old coach and they come back with a new belt after yes, you right. had given them three stripes. That's right. That's just some weird stuff. I, I, I have had that. Yeah, I, have, I know. I, That's yeah. what, yeah. It's very, it's very weird. So I think that either the, that you get somebody <clears throat> coming in that whoever, like when they sign up or the moment they see the head instructor, if the instructor is not the person who does sign ups. Like, you should just talk about it, like, right away. Sure. Like, communicate. And, like, if a blue belt came up to me and was like, you know, like, um, sir, I'm, I moved here and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay under my coach. Are you here for six months? Right. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, no, that, I, I'm living here forever. That's another, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'll give you eight years of an education sure. and then this guy will just – if you want to go see this guy to tie you off that's while, right. while I that, do it, it's weird. It is, but weird. I'll do. But I'll do it. And that's what we it's talk not about, a like that right there, like because they're it's the Santa Claus. It's you do the work, but they get the praise almost. I'm gonna say they get the praise, but if you are you are really investing into this athlete and like he lives here full time, if he's here for a year or six months, that's understandable. That is very actually common. Very common. Yeah, we get these guys PCS. Yeah. Or you know they come in and then they they're here even longer, two years, and they got sure. three years. They got to go like three years. You know that's going to be their duration sure. here in, in Warner Robins, and they got to go. Yeah. And if like, I'm happy to get them to where I can get them. Sure. And promote them or not promote them, but if I promote you and then you go somewhere else for three years because you're in the Air Force. I don't feel any kind of way about right. it if yeah. you get a stripe or a belt. I literally don't. Like, it's not about, like, uh, you had loyalty to me, but I didn't have it back to you. It's like, no, like, really, you should be bestowing the black belt on yourself. You're the one that did the work. Right. You know, like, 
in some kind of in some kind of way that's i could i could look at it like that but like if you got from white to purple then you came to Warner robins and then i gave you a brown and then you went somewhere else and then you got a black the fuck do i care that's right there, like it's your journey you had yeah. to, you had to go and, and get it like and for the military guys, I feel for them. That's right. Yeah. Because a lot of people won't give them a belt because yeah. they're like, "Oh, he's uh, he's not going to be a have an allegiance to us. Yeah. He's not going to be loyal to us." It's like, what do you mean? If he did the work, deserves a belt. Give him the belt, and then he goes, and you don't deal with it ever again. But like to hold a guy back, like he can't help. Like he volunteered for the service. That's right. That he does for our country, and he can't help. That our country says he's got to go somewhere else. What sucks is when he moves, he's got to start all over. Yeah, because he'll, these he'll guys, these guys are like, that now I'm going to make it. He's already on the on the belt level, but like what you were saying, let's see how he fits in with our crowd and gets That's used right. to us. And, yeah. and then like, it's just these guys, man, they just get beat down from that, and then a lot yeah. of them quit. That's right. No, they definitely do. And uh, yeah, they quit. They, they, you know, we had our friend as well, Eric Trudell military guy trained under Alex Shabara and whatnot and and got his belts through him and then I remember we had that conversation at one point where Trudell got tied on under me with the purple mm-hmm. and uh and then um and when he moved away got the brown from somebody under Matt Larson yes, right and then and then he and then got he, the black and, from then, Larson. and then he got the black you know so it was like one of the you know when the military guys it's that it's a long journey and um but yeah and I also think that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that come into you staying under your previous coach, but more importantly is, is that we all know this. There's certain coaches that are just like, if you ain't here and you just come visit, I ain't tying it on you, because they want to know they, you know, they want to know that you work for it. And a lot of times you have, but if you just go home and visit, it, when is it time to tie it on? And when is it acceptable to tie it on? Where you got your other people going, man, like I know he's away and he's training, but dude, he ain't training, you know. It's it's just odd because the coach is put in a different space, but a little bit because of the integrity now is almost being diminished a piece at a time. If you if somebody just comes and visits and you tie him a belt on, in a sense, like if you just let's say if this dude's literally clear across the country and he pops in a once a year, it's just it's tough, man. And I think that's almost at a time to where if I'm tying a high belt, I'd like to communicate. Like I just tied on my I tied my first black belt on, you know, and I'm losing them. But he's been with me for years, and he was actually with me longer than most. And he came as a brown. He came as a brown, and he'd been a brown. You think for a his while. former coach threw a shit fit because you gave him the black right, belt? Right. You know, no. And now he's moving to the Netherlands, and dude, I, hundred ten percent. Well, I would love to go. He, he said he's going to try to continue his journey out there. Of course, he's already looking for a gym. But I was like, man, I would love to be. And that's another one. Like, how? What do you do then as the black belt? that's where it normally gets because you have now pledged that allegiance kind of to your lineage and then it's like it's now some, it's about you you, yeah, yeah, you can just you, stay under your coach he'll say stripe like, you out that's right you know? your coach should stripe you because now it's a time thing right and uh and you're continuing the style yeah. that they put into you but then also now you're kind of letting <laughs> your own creativity and your sure. own mind take over like you're a master student at this point and now you can begin to kind of like teach and and kind of better categorize like sure. your learning experience. I think I think purple belt is where the student should make that call. That's right. Like 100%. If you're a white belt or blue belt, 
and you come at me and you're like, I'm going to stay under my old sensei. I look at you like you're a weirdo. Like I, I got no problem with it. Cause sure. I'm, I'm glad that you communicated that that way. I don't, I don't feel foolish for striping you or right. whatever at the ceremony. But like, I look at you like you're weird. Yeah. You're a blue belt. Like, I had a, you're, you're not nothing, I had but you're barely more than something, yeah. you know, and, and you're an amoeba. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> with a leg <laughs> you, and then, and even like a guy who like, let's say they moved yeah, and it's almost like because they moved is why they got the purple belt. <clears throat> sure. Not like they had four stripes or three stripes on their purple belt and it's yeah. dingy. I'm saying like they were leaving and yeah. their coach gave them a purple belt, not a gift. They earned it, but like. It's like you're leaving now. You know, here's your, here's your purple. You deserve this. Sure. Like, I still think that maybe they should, you know, go under the new coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. But but you don't know the circumstance that that guy start with him when he was 12, went through the kid system. Right. You know, right. then got the you know the blue belt and the pur- and it's only a purple belt, but it's actually 10 years already. Sure. Okay. Sure. But, like, if you just got, you know, you, you got three years in jiu-jitsu and you got a pro belt because you put the hard work in and you got some special attributes, like, I don't know. I'd, I'd say go under your new coach. And, yeah, once again, it's uh, once again it's, it's also up to the current coach who's like, hey, everybody does this. Hey, man, I'm going here. Do you know – can you refer me to any gym? And you have investing in your student are like, yes, this is an academy I would recommend here, X, Y, Z. And this coach, very good coach. I would, you know, and that's so that's like that's one of them topics as well. It's like he's almost passing you on as as they yeah. should. They say but if you love something, you give it away. That's right. And like that's like how you should like treat a student that you you should care about all your students. But like that's how you should do it. You should send them off. You shouldn't like dem- loyalty is something that should never be demanded. That's right. No, hundred ten percent. And it's uh, it's um, man. It's or talked about all the time. Yes, right. This cray, this crayon piece of shit, this, you know, like this motherfucker, like you, like you, the accent change. I wonder what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that's, 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 I'm just saying that it was Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I'm talking about like the culture and what comes from jiu-jitsu from Brazil. I mean, like, but this is a different time. It's a different time for sure. And even, even, I'm not calling Brazilians out. It's like the people understand that. There's cross training and then there, there's right. online and there's all the and people might not like it. It's right. your your this is a free country. You can not like it all you want, but that's the way it is. Just don't drive no motherfucking car through a crowd. And I think it's healthy for an instructor <laughs> to realize the student really don't even need your ass. They don't. It, like there's so much out there right now. They they're gonna get good with or without you if they want to get good. Yeah. So I don't it, think it, you should put so much on yourself. It's unhealthy. Yeah, it there it's a two it is a two way street for sure, and uh, it's um, it all, man, there's so many vac- factors and variables that come in if like you come from like a cult type atmosphere. Now, also, I'm not talking about the coach who let this guy sleep in the gym for four years and fed him and clothed him oh, yeah. and gave him a belt. And that's not what I'm talking about. That guy, maybe that student should have some kind of loyalty. Sure, you know. Um, Never paid no dues. That's right. You know, uh, yeah. There's a lot the, of clean the mats for yeah. membership, which is nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. You know, like this it, guy should maybe have some kind of loyalty. Sure. There's a lot of variables that come into it. Yeah. Hundred ten percent. And um, yeah, I've never. I had you know a good friend of ours, Deo. He chose to stay under 
Travin, and I had trained with Travin. Uh, I was under him when I was under Philip Smith, and um, and and so it was completely. Um, it was like, yeah, absolutely, man. You're brown belt. Yeah, perfect, dude. Brown belt, you're world champ. You know, hell yeah, dude. Like they they built you up great. Like stay with them, and you're only 45 minutes south. Like go up there, and he did. He got his black belt from him. You know, some time later, but it was like. I never looked at that in any shape, form, or fashion, any weird, you know, any weird way. You weren't green lighting him and putting your best guys on his ass. Yeah, no, man. He and he actually he was actually very much so a part of our family at the gym. Yeah, very much so. He helped our fighters out a ton. He fought for me. I remember fought that. Fought under my banner. I, I remember mean, that. You know, and I have and and I loved it. I mean, he was a great dude. He was a great training partner, team player, helped everybody. Very smart guy, gritty. He had a fighting spirit. He had a very much fight. He had a fucking hard ass fight. He probably fight of the night in Macon. I mean, yeah, dude, he, that was and, nasty. You know, like dude's an attorney and took time off work to fight as an amateur. Like he 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 you know, had everything to lose, so to say. Like, you know, fuck these brain cells. I'm about to put this shit on for free. And they, dude, he had a hell of a fight. And um, but yeah, it, like that. That's but I've also you know I've had a guy come up to me after <laughs> after a ceremony. He goes, hey, you know that I am under you. And I thought that was a weird, like, because I passed him over because I was like, okay. I, you know, I, we never talked about it. I was under, he was a purple belt under his previous lineage. Him and his friend came together to train. His friend kind of bozoed off. So funny you talk about it. His friend bozoed off and got a fucking blue belt under some other lineage randomly. Still come to our gym. What do you think happened to him? They chewed him up. Oh yeah, they chewed him up because they're like, "You're training here, learning here." Then you went, you go. He went to a seminar, got a blue belt from a whole third party, different affiliation. They chewed him up. Isn't it funny how they like chewed you're, his ass alive? Isn't it funny how you don't need to do anything? Yeah, your your internal crew. Yeah, they'll be like, "That was wrong." Your enforcers. They, they will regulate without yeah, your approval. That, absolutely. You don't got a green light. Hey, they'll just, like like you. It'll correct itself a lot of times in the culture of like yeah, I've been places right. where guys will just be like, yeah, no, that's not cool. That's right. Like, hey, that, yeah. and 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 in the and in that comes like all right, you got that in BJJ. <laughs> that is very prominent in MMA because in MMA, there are ship jumpers left and right because they have to go sometimes where the training is best for them, and that and that and and if they felt if some other fighters felt some type of way when they came back, oh, they they're gonna let you feel it. And 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 I've seen that personally in my gym, and everybody who trains at our gym knows who those guys are. They know exactly who the enforcers are and who's going to make them. Who's going to be like, hey, me and you sweat together. We train together. We helped each other out. I've helped you out, and for you to abandon like that and then come back asking for help, oh, they put they they'll make them never want. They'll never feel like part of that crew. And you know how it feels when you train long enough to go like, yeah, I got pushed out. You know what I mean? There's that. There is that sense. I have a question for both of you. Is that sure. like, like as somebody who's in, like, been in those situations, and like when you're making the choice, like, because sometimes it's bodies. Like you're looking for bodies to train with. If you're caught in the in between, like that's that's a hard choice for some guys. What do you so, mean? Like when you're caught, like you have a place here you're training, but there's a better place that you can get better or there's better bodies or there's better if you're just cross training that's one thing but like but when you, you transfer what i'm gathering from y'all is just being open and everybody talking about it is kind of the you got to yeah yeah like i think people would think that i would be a different way i think that like you were talking about like from coming from mma like you see the guys come and go like I, we've got the word loyalty tattooed on us and then true. like i've got like do. an american top team <laughs> tattoo so it's like but what I choose for myself 
is not what I would put on other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. I'm the way that I am. But I don't ask or demand that for other people to be how I am. Because, like, I know that this thing is already hard enough. And I remember what it was like to see, not so much for me to feel a certain way, but to see other people feel a certain way. I was like, man, this is really haunting. This is, or it's daunting on them even. Like, for sure. It's really weighing down. Like, wouldn't it be nice if this person could just, like, release all that stress and I would never want like my students yeah. to feel that way yeah and it, it's it goes back to that if you love it you leave it kind of thing and let it go but it's it is it's you have to understand that at points there are just man look there there is only a window of time that is only going to be so good for so for so many things and there is another there after that you are beating a dead horse and sometimes you might have to go visit something else to see it and then go okay you know what actually I, I i needed a break from that now i can go back or it's but it one most important thing is like communication because it's i think when when instructors get blindsided like what the fuck like hold on man i'm like me i can tell you as the owner of a gym same with cole but like i have i have had the people living in my gym i mean and i've had to the point where I, i've raised a kid that was not mine who is homeless at the age of fucking 15 and then by the time he was 18, he fought professionally. I mean, but, and then to see him and, and he didn't go back, it wasn't that, but he chose a different life route that just really disappointed me, but he's a kid. And at the same time I had my own things going on as well. So I was like really disappointed in him as if he were to have just jumped ship randomly without communicating. Cause I was like, man, you've been given every chance and people have treated you well. But once again, everybody's going to perceive those things differently about, you know, what they actually value, what you may appreciate. Like, you know, you unappreciative son of a bitch but they're like i thought i appreciated it but this i just i just don't appreciate it like you do and if you don't you know so it's kind of a it's got to yeah. be two-way open circuit like you have to see that and it, once again if there's no communication and you get blindsided i think that's once again at the end of the day it's all communication but if you have fighters that let's say go train at another gym and get more bodies and then you're you know you it, and that's also a thing that there's that's the thing about like security as well like you you have to and i can gladly say that i fought and go like i know what i might be looking for at this gym i need to make sure my coach knows that and if he doesn't believe that we may be knocking heads and then not only may, we may be knocking heads for a personal insecurity that he may have i'm trying to let him know like hey i just i need this out of this person and that and that coach why in the fuck can't he come over here then and then it's like okay okay now yeah. I see, now i see that says you don't want me to get tainted by something else. You know, I have actually or had a situation. They have a situation where they feel like that God complex. Absolutely. And yeah. they, do, they don't want to see how regular. Yeah. Or they don't, they don't want you to find out how regular that coach is. That's right. No, 110%. I have, I have raised a fighter, brought, you know, coached a fighter alongside a, another gym and, and, and have had, that coach come to me and sit and say everything was gravy like how's he doing he's looking good this is what we're working on with him and then he goes well i want to let you know that when he's here at my gym he's not to do any of that and then i i had Woo! he did that about he did that the week oh, he, he pulled that stunt a week before the fight and i go that's not for him to for you to choose he has to go naturally look everything that we show the fighters try to spitball this chew it up put it in their game and they'll, they'll kind of rate lay some stuff you know stuff to the side and it may revisit that technique later when they're but their mind, their high frequency patterns, it has to fit into that. You can't throw a, a 
you know, a screw and in, in, in some gears that are turning smoothly and be like, stop doing that and use this. When he's like, it just don't fit right here in my, rep- you know, my repertoire. I can't. Maybe one day, but stylistically now, this is what's working. And, and that's, I think that is general concept, like concept of good coaching. You don't try to change somebody. You're supposed to try to, hey, man, maybe I can help you, and I'll add some of this in. But you move the way you move because there's something in you that tells you to move that way, and that's how you've drilled. If I want to change that, words won't do it. I have to help you drill differently. I have to introduce new techniques and new series to you and new chains. But for him to say, like, he's not to do that at my gym, I'm like, you better fucking take that up with him. And I had to tell him then quickly, like, that's not how it works. I have taken the, the fucking hit and tell you that it can work this way. You have not. And that was I, it was an ugly thing to say, but that's the reality of it. Like, I, you know, it, it's, it's not to say, like, oh, when he's working here, we're doing this. I thought there was a good connection, but that, that conversation and then, and then during the fight, there was eye connection here, and it was like this coach started to and, – and when, when came like – And if they can tell, to tell you to you like that, you know that they're saying way worse things about oh, you. Oh, 110%. You know and, they are. And, you know, and, and, and let's just – And imagine the really, fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine, like this guy is coming to you to get like some kind of training and like he's like really feeling it and this poisonous coach that you're like that we're talking about, he's like saying some shit and that's making that fighter feel super awkward. Right. It's just putting more like anxiety on that no, fighter. No, it is, man. Like and you're trying to co- tell yourself that you're a coach and all you're doing is uh putting shit on your fighter that's gonna make them underperform. That's right. So it was it's very there's so many touchy situations and subjects with it, but it all boils back down to that is uh, open communication between two ways. I personally have emailed another coach, another professor, another gym, and said, I have an athlete who's leaving. I was doing the due diligence reaching out. He's a great student, and, and I think he'd be a great fit at your academy. And, uh, and they've been like, cool, thanks for the heads up, man. And I was like, his name is this. Just be on the lookout. And then I connect with the athlete. Yep. Fighting, it gets to be a little different because even though there's no lineage – there is loyalty, and that's where you begin. Your values kind of shift because you're like, my bodies I'm getting in work are over here, you know, and 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 my coach is over here. But if he, you know, he's got to know too in his head, and uh, and that's just what it is, man. Like I have, but you coming from wrestling, you also know it's about you. Saw, yeah. Like how how many wrestling coaches have you had, dude? Exactly. Yeah. You like, know what I'm saying? Co- like yeah, not a lot, and it, because you stay. You stay and well, take that back. Take that back. That's you what do, I was about to say. Change. You know, take you that know, back. You, know you, you do change. change. You do shift your coaches up. But the thing, and it's weird because wrestlers have this odd standoffish. But where where you're from, and because it's it's fucking yeah. die hard to the bone. Like where I'm from, we get down, and I know you don't get down like we do. And that's but that's real. That happens. You'll have Re- a coach. Let's just say at like let's say you start at a a great place like here locally is Storm Wrestling. Let's just say you're starting, right? I don't know who who coaches the uh, seven-year-olds. Maybe Coach Carter himself does, but you got a coach, and it's whoever you know. You're eight years old, seven years old, and that's who your coach is for that right. age program. Before you know it, you're in middle school, but now you have a a, a JV or middle school school coach, and then you're still coaching with you know, yeah. st- or being coached by Storm. Then you are getting to be 14 now you're getting coached by let's say coach Carr, and now you got a high school team and then in that 
how many camps have you been to? Yeah. Are you wrestling for Team Georgia here locally? Like, and then from there, where do you, where do you go? You go to college. That's right. And, and who do you wrestle for at college? Did you wrestle at a JUCO? And then from that JUCO, where did yeah. you go? It's, it's like, who's your who is your coach? You've got eleven coaches. Yeah. You know, like, but you, yeah. but but you sharpen every day, and you put that's right. You can. But yeah, it is, it is, and it's it's a it is a I got to go here, and it's actually it gets to be man. I tell you what, you wrestling coaches can be some some. There's still the old school ones out there. They can be like old school jujitsu guys. They can be like old school boxing coaches. You you'll pass the elbow one way, and they'll be like, "Stop doing that shit. This is how you do it." Yeah. Why? And then, but you have got the series down. And once again, man, there's it's everybody in the old school is here. It's like they're like, this is the way. This is the way. And that's just how it is, man. That really is. And you got some of your newer coaches like, cool, hey, guys, we're gonna bring in this guy to this camp and and we're gonna work. And he, you know, and it's cool. You have to be, understand as a coach, man, you're just trying to develop your athletes. You just want them to see a different look on things. And you want them to, you know, be surrounded by somebody who might even reinforce their ideology. Like you got to come and work hard. They need to hear it from somebody else sometimes, not just you. But it might, you know, it's going to be something that's supporting about what they're saying. And but I have had, I have had, person I've seen it as well. Um, and it's cool, man. I've I've actually coached alongside Coach Carr. You know what I mean? And it's really mm -hmm. cool. And it's like guys who we both have have worked together. And I've seen we've been mat side together. And you know, and it's just just how it, it's just how coaching goes. It's every coach is going to be different. Coach T.J. Barb, I mean, is one of the most easygoing coaches. And very knowledgeable, and and as a coach, Dave Matthews, to let your kid go out from under your wing and go under another coach and listen to them, and then you still give input and help out and reinforce that, mm -hmm. it takes a lot as a wrestling dad to do that, to to you to lay down, especially as a competitive wrestler. I say it takes a lot, but you you have to sit back and, and understand like the old school mentality. Like, this is the way. I don't care what that coach showed you. This is how you do it. You know what I mean? And it gets to be – it gets to be, and some of the kids don't understand that. Some of the kids today, the young kids coming up, you'll hear them like they're hoorah as hell about where they wrestle at. And then they'll go – all of a sudden they'll go to another camp. Or But then, but when you go, hey, are you going to go to this practice today? They're like, no. No, I only go here. And you start to realize, like, you only go here for right now. And just let you know, you know. Right. When you go to these yeah. other camps, you're going to see it. And then when you go to another coach. If you're really about this we, life, yeah. you're going to be moving somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and you're going to be wrestling in college. You're, you're so much about this life that you want to go wrestle post-college. You know right. how many coaches you're going to have? Yeah, you're, and you're going to link up and have to work with the guys. You know, Jackson Desario. Jackson will work. He'll wrestle everywhere, man. He, he will wrestle anywhere he can where there's bodies that will push him. And he wrestled for Stanford. He still wrestles currently for Stanford University. And he'll go anywhere he can. He comes down and trains at our gym. He goes to cars. He goes to social circle. And that's great, man. But, but it's really neat because he gets to hear the angles from all the different coaches. Yeah. He gets to hear that. He gets to hear that. I like, think that's good. And it is good. But, you know, and then, but he gets to see that diversity. And then it's like, no, this elbow, elbow pass this way and try it out. And as long as that coach understands that you got your way and if he can see what meshes into that way and go, hey, maybe I can offer a look, check this out. This is something, this is a follow up to it as well. And I see that you're really good at this. Check this out and see if you'll like it. And bam, bam. And then, you know what I mean? Instead of, but I have seen it other ways. Boxing is big time. Old school boxing coaches are like, nah. You know, because you got your difference in your Philly boxing, your Bronx boxing, Jersey boxing, your Cuban boxing. Like, like, this is the way. Is Down to how That's you good. throw a yeah. fucking hook. Stop doing that shit. And Cuban, Cuban, like traditional Cuban and then Philly boxing, two different ways of throwing lead hooks. Like, 
some of them sit down hard on them and some of them paw, paw them out there. And it's yeah, like posture and right. stance so and like, everything. It depends on the coach you got, which yeah. brings us to another topic. God damn, we stayed on that one. That's one that we can harp on, we man. Could, we could stay on that one the whole – I could yeah. stay on that one the whole thing. So we talked about the coaches and we talked about, um, you know, lineage. And we talked about certain coaches are gridlocked to the bone, like this is my way. But then – you, as a coach, you bring in somebody, and you go, hey, this is somebody from our lineage, or somebody who's very good crafty jiu-jitsu, he's a, he's a big name in the game right now, or he's a veteran of the game, and you bring him in, and you do a seminar. So what do you expect and take from the seminars as a white belt versus a purple belt and above? And as a white belt, should you even, how soon should you even be attending seminars? And what can you really expect to gain from them? And, and as an instructor, when you show up, when you show up and you teach a seminar and you're having to cater to the masses and you want to teach a really good seminar that they take home with them, who are you catering to? The purple and up? Are you catering to the fundamental stuff that the white belts can attract and see? Because you all know and I know, you go to these certain seminars, white belts have no business being there on, on what they're covering, some of that criteria. I went to a Lucas Lepre seminar. That jerker was bad to the fucking bone and I was like hey bad Philip Smith brought him in four hour seminar jealous bad to the fucking bone to this very day I used um, I, everything that I've learned from there he, it stuck with me on De La Hiva and and Lasso and Spider from okay. De La Hiva the man like and I'm He's like but man. a white belt I could should not have attended that in my opinion like he was gonna see something that's gonna be just up here and for $125 it would have been I was just about to mention that, like you were talking about, like there's a whole lot of like when, when, and, and what ifs and what to expect, and we should probably tear all that down. Also, like your finances. True. Like I would say, do all the jujitsu you can. Day one, okay. I want you to know that you are probably not going to be <laughs> getting too much from this yeah. uh, Lucas Lepre seminar, but I also want you to know who he is. Right. What level he is. And this guy is probably not going to come around here again. So if you can come here and do it and be in on the mat with greatness, maybe through osmosis you can suck some shit up. And uh, maybe you can get. Or you can suck him off. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Or, maybe, Whoa. <laughs> or maybe you can get like this. I didn't say me, I said you. <laughs> maybe you can get like you a. Do you do you. Plural, whatever. <laughs> maybe an overarching concept out of it yeah like or you'll remember it nine years later and be like oh that thing i learned my Dude, very first day can't remember how to tie their belts bro they ain't remembering Touché. shit Touché. Touché. But, <laughs> but if you like, make it to brown belt maybe you're that one guy that yeah. would remember you it look, is what i'm saying i like comparing it to wrestling all the time like wrestling like you see little kids at camps with guys of the caliber of sure. bo nickel or bubba jenkins or like henry cejudo teaching kids yeah. and when i see the videos on youtube or wherever mm -hmm. they're showing like legit stuff mm -hmm. like whoa i'm getting a detail on like a little like a low sure. ankle pick but the kids are literally from seven to high yeah. school but they're all doing it now what each student can get yeah what they take from, from that it. move what That's they can right. take from it will be different won't it sure so let's talk, start what can white belts expect to get from a seminar in general so I'll, I'll, I'll say that I believe that 
as a white belt, you should at least, before you attend a seminar, I think, I think personally you should have at least a few months of training. Mm -hmm. I believe you should have three months of training. You know at that point where you want to be, but you don't know how to get there yet. You know that positions, like, this is bad. Okay, I've been here before, and it's going to get worse if I don't escape. I don't know how, but I know. Like, I don't know how to get there, but I know I don't want to be here, et cetera. So I believe you're going to see something and go like, okay, I maybe have been in this position before. And uh, that's a crafty way to get out. And again, you know, what do we always preach to the white belts? And it's going to lead into the next topic, but we always preach to these white belts about fundamentally being fundamentally sound. But it's important, I think, at times for them to see some, like, oh, that's some tricky shit. Like, they roll with these guys that are real tricksters on them. And, and and then you keep doing the same move over and over until they find they're clicking like it. And then you start defending it. They start playing with it. You're playing the, the game with them. I think that as long as it is, I believe, as the conductor of the seminar, as long as you is, are explaining the why and the and the how and the where and the, and, the, and the mental concept about what you're trying to do, even though they may have never seen it before, I think, it, I think they will pick things up from it. Whether, like you said, like small details – now, as a seminar, like, if it's on a submission or if it's on – I really think they should be on positions that lead to submissions. I think you should teach this, the sequence and the series of trapping. Like, to this very day, I mean, dude, Rezovic had – his series was phenomenal on the, on the seminar he taught here. So was Mike Brown's. The Kimura Trap one? Yes, the okay. Kimura Trap one was great. Yeah, that was because tougher for me to get. It, I, it, I have a hard time with that. I and I, well, I, I thrive on it. And I like it because it's right I up like my alley. It, but but it's but not yeah. my game. But yeah. So anyway, like I liked it because he broke it down of the this is the high percentage things of happening, and here's how to cap on it. Here's what to expect. And anyway, I think as a white belt, I believe you're 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 seeing new positions, or new details of the positions, and hopefully you're starting to see that how everything kind of revolves around the fundamental, like, principles. Unless you got somebody wild up in there, man, that's teaching this fucking barambola, you know, and worm guard and all that. It's like, eh, like, this is going to be way out of your realm. Yeah, this is a, for a white belt. This is a niche game. And your 300-pound ass ain't going to be doing it. Yeah. And that's hard. So that's what I'm saying. It's very hard. And I think that you as the – you, you as like the host of that seminar might need to tell your students like, hey, yeah. I'm bringing somebody in, guys. This is a very hey niche guys, game. Two stripes on the white minimum yeah. or blue belt minimum to come. Yeah, you know, like you need to you need to communicate with the, that's right uh, instructor. Yeah. Hey, what are you showing? That's right. I believe as a precursor, it should. I think you as an instructor need to choose wisely. Instead if you got of, a new school, yeah. you need to tell whoever you are thinking about bringing in. Yeah. I have a school full of white belts. That's right. That's right. Exactly. That's what that's I was going to say. So that, so that the guy coming in knows, that's like, right. hey, don't and show you should, your, like, you should choose the right. That's right. Yeah, you should choose the right person sure. for a room full of white Like, you right. need to know your own audience. That's and right. I think, pay, and that's yeah. what I, so that's kind of what I look, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, at the seminar I've seen with the Lepre seminar, I was like, this is going to plat, this is blasting, he was blasting purple belts. And he, I mean, he's world champ. He's phenomenal. Like five times decorated in our, in our time. And uh, he's a very niche game that's very slick and it's very detailed and it's so applicable. And so I was like, holy shit, this is great. Well, and then I went to a De La Hiva seminar and it was phenomenal. Ricardo De La Hiva? Yes, I went to two of them. 
Yeah, you told he me. He taught. What, when did you go? Great seminars. Oh, shit. Me and Frank Mullis were partners. Uh, this was back in like Like, where did he go? Where, where Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, and it was great. Wow. Hey, it was great. Yeah, there's a, there was a Ricardo De La Hiva affiliate there. And anyway, he taught the fundamental breakdown of it. And I really liked it because even the upper belts were like, didn't understand how he applied. And he'll tell you, which I love his, he's like, I am just a, the one who played this game and, cr and created this guard. I am not the one who developed it. These guys that are developing it are doing amazing things. Yeah. I, I, I know he's like, they have a very good game from here. And he had a, but he taught stuff that was still very awesome that I was like, Dude, this is legit. It's great. I have somewhere up on this shelf and uh, a Ricardo De La Hiva DVD set. Yeah. And, like, it's funny. Some of the moves, when I first got out, I was like, oh, this is kind of lame and wouldn't work. But then now, I'm like, that very basic move, mm -hmm. now I can make it work. Yeah. Not because it all adjusts on the yeah. times of jiu-jitsu and yeah. how people are passing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and, you know, that game – and it's weird how you know we talk about with times of jiu-jitsu and just like in seminars you might so you might bring somebody in at the time to do a seminar when this that that you know the invert game was wild mm -hmm. so you brought somebody in that was great at it 50 50. now you brought somebody in and specializes in it like Blech. believe me i know <laughs> so it's like you you bring these guys in and that he may be specialists in these things and i think that's like cole said like catering to your audience and knowing and then you as the host going yeah Troy, you should sit this one out. <laughs> it ain't going to work for you. you Come know to the fundamentals mean? on Monday. So, but as a purple belt, you know, purple belts, dog, they're like, <sighs> fucking A, dude. They're like the teenagers. Sometimes I, I feel hate personally them. attacked. Sometimes I you hate should. them more than white belts. <laughs> I hate, I do. I feel really personally they, attacked they, right now. Hey, they, <laughs> bro. Shut they, the fuck up. They're like, hey, no, they are, purple belt. they are fucking chameleons with the times. Like, they'll come in. And it's like they might have just watched Keenan Cornelius a week ago, and that motherfucker will come in, and it's somehow his hair looks just like his, and like he didn't dress like him. All of a sudden, he's rolling like him, doing hey, all the worm. Hey, now nah, next thing you know, that bitch has got nine rolls of tape on his fingers and shit, and he's battle bred. His face looks like he just got drug or dude, like two dogs got in a fight, and he fucking put it out with his face. I'm like, how did you start getting fucking beat up in the face and shit? So like they just look weathered, but they'll be like these hipsters of BJJ. Like they'll just be like these. They because pl they're playing their game, they're developing their game, and they're 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 taking a lot of ideas and they're they're spitballing them. They're they're developing at that point. They're turning the corner on what works for them. Unless you're Adam Butler, the same shit as a white belt, it's the same shit you're gonna be doing as a black belt, and, it, and, it, and he and it ain't and nobody can stop it. Like, oh, I got one guard pass. He's like, hey, let me show you this guard pass that I know only, and uh, <laughs> just, just this one. And I'm gonna fucking crush you with it, even though you know it's coming. But, you know, and they develop their game. We, I always call it, you know, like, it's like the, the purple belt. Oblast had that tournament called Purple Haze. That's exactly what it is. It's a fucking haze because them motherfuckers be doing all kinds of purple belts to me, like them young, in shape, lean, lanky. I try weird Purple stuff. belts I'll be honest. are the I, ones. This is all very accurate. They'll be like, I don't know whose foot this is, and I'll pull it, and they'll be fucking slicing their own shit off. And like, yeah. But nah, but they're like, they're in, they're playing these games, and they're kind of. <laughs> implementing them and i think that they'll take those things those concepts and also but on a good side you'll see purple belts going to the side and writing it down or trying to record it because a lot of seminars don't allow you to that record. was nick yeah nick, nick I, I did 
He had a notebook, dude. Yeah. He wrote shit down. I did it with time. a De La Hiva seminar. That's what got me into And the Lucas Leprey, because you weren't allowed to record him. I took it straight to the side. I recorded it with my partner. And I was like, dude, these are ones I want to keep for the long haul because they were great concepts. But anyway, uh, I think that the purple belts will take it. And But, you know, you got, dog, you got some purple belts out there that'll be like, this is what we need to be learning in our gym. This shit. Not that shit he's teaching. But I'll be taking that shit. Yeah, it's like, dude, your coach brought that guy in. And I'll run him over. Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> so you're a purple belt, and you're over here talking that shit. Yeah, this is the shit we need to learn. You know that your coach is losing th thousands of dollars by bringing this guy in to yeah. expose you to this game, right? No. Like, sometimes like, I, I think people – we're talking the seminar subject. Like, um, <laughs> look, I get – like, we were talking about, like, what belt and things yeah. like that. and. $125 might be a lot. If $125 is a lot of money to you, you probably shouldn't go. You can just keep oh, rolling. That's true. Keep rolling. Because you know one of the purple belts. Oh, he will show. He's going to go, hey, come here. Let we, me show you something I just learned this I know weekend. my coach is uh, telling us to do something different, but yeah. bring your ass over here. Meet me here. Meet me here 30 minutes early. I want to go over some shit. And, you, hey, you'll walk in. You see them purple belts? Because them purple belts, them motherfuckers will be Hawkeye and like the brown and black belts will walk in. And when they see the white belts, they're like, oh "Hey, my, come here! Hey, let me show you something. Let me tear your foot. Tell me when it pops." And then they just <laughs> just, just pull somebody's shit off. They didn't pull about six white belts' feet off, fucking your clientele base up, <laughs> telling you what you need to be teaching. They need to be getting ready for the tournament. You know that they ain't gonna win. And then, and if they do win, it ain't gonna matter. And then, oh, and then promotion time comes around. They'll be looking at you like. All of a sudden, you call the guy beside him, and they'll be like, oh, guess who just got the new target on the back? That guy. And he's like, I'm going to tear that stripe off, that bitch. And then, can you tell my hatred for purple belts? I, can, I, I feel it. Okay. I feel, feel it. Here, I feel nah. the heat. Pur purple belts <laughs> come to your seminars. Let's no, talk no, about no, 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 no. Like, I'm just saying in general. I like, actually love purple belts. Like, nah, all just, purple belts matter. I, I <laughs> Not think, to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make them feel like blue belts and there white belts. There you go. But, yeah, like, nice. when should you s support your school seminar? Like, I believe. I, oh, are we talking like school me, seminars? Like, if it's brought to the school, that's let's just okay. Yeah, that's what we've been talking. About. I got like, you. let's just talk about that right now. Like, like you know, I I have never lost less than a thousand dollars on hosting a seminar. I've never lost less than that. Meaning, yeah. I've never broken even. Sure, I've never profited from bringing in a guest. I have never lost. Less than a thousand dollars. I have lost between one thousand and twenty two hundred dollars by bringing in guests for a single seminar. <clears throat> and the price has got to be the price based sure, on no, no, no. your room's 100%. capacity or the value of the uh, the person who the guest, the instructor. Right. You know, it's not you're not going to charge thirty dollars. What for determines that value for you guys? Like, what makes you look at a guy that's going to come teach for y'all? Who are they? Man. Yeah, hey, is it name? Yeah, it's um, like if you're doing a seminar, I think you should do it for free here at my school. One hundred percent. And like, it's cool that you want to do one. Yeah. But you're just some jabroni. no. I'm just some you dude. Know, like, but if I have fucking five purple fucking belt. purple yeah. belt, yeah, damn purple belt. You could probably pay pay them a dollar to come. Yes. Like that would be good. Yeah, you know, they, you could get some teaching experience. <laughs> but like, <laughs> by who who are they? What have they done on, on yeah. the map? Yeah. Or who yeah. have they coached on the map? There's gonna be different roles. Are yeah, they, that, are they that, coach, but that is they, one because there are there. I've seen some very um, upper echelon jujitsu guys, some good jujitsu players, go for have a seminar for l way less than I thought. Yeah, way less than I thought. And then I had some guys like 
Lucas Lepre, who I expected to be in that 125, 150 range. That was kind of like that, that was kind of like that rate. Yeah. Uh, and it depends because you might charge you might charge a flat rate. They may charge a, a, a per person rate and then give you a piece of it. Well, yeah. Okay, so that's okay, that's okay. what I do. Yeah. I, I give the instructors a flat rate and then I'm free to like, charge when I bring what I want to. Or yeah. Not want when to, I bring Mako know? in, oh, I will gladly lose that money because Mako has shown me stuff that I have just taken and ran hey, fucking with it. A hundred percent. He uh, hands down the best, the most applicable seminar I've ever in my life had the pleasure of having outside of Pahumpa for BJJ, which was a great one. He's right up my alley is Mako on the feet. Like the stuff that I, that I learned is like, holy shit. Like I, I matter. I hit it today. I hit it every time I touch people. I, I'm on it. I'm like doing stuff that I learned from Mako, but great seminar. And he comes from this wrestling pedigree and his background. So he's like very generous. Like most wrestling coaches are. He's generous. He's wrestling not charging. People always give he's back. not charging. And so what do I do? A lot of time we charge dirt cheap prices. I'll gladly take the loss on it. But man, you know, we have fun. He comes in, we family stays with us, we we cook out. He's just awesome person. Great clinician. Bring him in. Steve Mako, check him out. Wrestling coach at Top Team. Two time champion. Uh, instructionals out there too. His instructionals are really good. Yeah, his instructionals are really good. Like he he delivers, and that's what. So that's like as a as a as a clinician, and that's what you want as somebody who's who's uh, who's conducting that seminar. If you got somebody who really delivers and can connect with people, it's um like Adam Redzvik. And and wrestling's one of those things. It's like you're wrestling like you're like oh man you fucked it up. He's like yeah you just got to kind of work with it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's how it is But yeah. you gotta feel it Because it is It's something based on timing Or reaction and weight So I think purple belts Appreciate stuff like that And um, I think that they Good purple belts and all I think everybody They pick up on some of the small details Of of just the tiniest increments But that's if the clinician dip, Like hyper focuses on it And really makes them understand This is why it works And this is how you can take it And, and, and make it your own and so I think blue belts and belts. purple belts are probably the most responsive yeah. to seminar guests. Yeah. Because they're still in a, you should always be able to have your game changed and manipulated. Sure. And like having an open mindedness, but blue belts and purple belts are the most like responsive. Sure. Yeah. Like they could, they could come to something and that that could impact their whole game for the rest of their Hey. You, you don't really have a game until like a year into your purple belt, at least. Dude, hey, white belts will be watching that shit. They'll be watching the seminar, and you'll see them just be like, oh, oh, they'll be doing all that, and they'll be like, I hear it when I teach. Yeah. <laughs> and purple belts will be watching it, and they'll be sitting there, be writing shit down. Bro, fucking brown belts will be like, <laughs> you're doing this, and like, oh, we roll. They go rolling, and they start ripping motherfuckers' legs off like, Hey, you, purple belt, come over here. <laughs> Bring your spaz ass over here. Let me beat that hipster off of you. You know, how many layers of spats you got on under that ghee? You know, and they smell like patchouli and tea tree oil and shit. You know, y'all, you know how y'all are. And, they just, and then <laughs> you they just start beating the oil off of them, dude. Matt, Matt just looked like a grease slick. The goddamn ghee, it was white, but it's now it's fucking coffee brown. It's oh, sucking oh, smells of, it smells of, of weed that they used to smoke when they were purple belts. When they you were know, with fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Smells duct tape and shit, holding their gi together. They're just out here, you know, this shit just, like, 
Tide, when Tide was actually working back in the day, you know, before before Tide now doesn't do worth the shit, man. You wash you wash your gi and Tide. And smells they had, like they had to piss. they had to water it down because everybody was eating the pods. I, I like the Tide sure. Sport. Tide Sport. Well, they don't use that. They don't shower. They get up. They leave. They're fucking dingy. You know, they get these nasty purple belts that don't shower. These are brown belts. Brown belts. Oh, we're in brown belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah. Got I got yeah, you. I got you. I got you. Because they 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 smell. Of six purple belts yes. that they just pushed into the mats. <laughs> and they smell like feet, because that's all they be playing with. You know, they fucking feet and breath. Just there in 50, hot 50, ass, 50, just <laughs> shark shit. <laughs> 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 that's what brown belts smell like. Okay. But you know, let me tell you something. I fell in love with jiu-jitsu all over again when I was a brown belt. Yeah. I really did. All over again, I fell head over heels for it again, and it felt... It felt re- I felt revived again. I made the biggest gains at Brown Belt. I did too. I, d- I made the best. I spent gains. the longest time at Brown Belt. Though, Wasn't also. that when you were injured, Cole? Wasn't it, weren't you a Brown Belt when you were? I've been injured at every belt. Level, oh, okay. Bro. I thought you, you and I had that conversation that that was one of the times that you like picked up a bunch because you were injured and couldn't. You had to just study. Yeah, I so, was injured. Like I okay. had like three surgeries at Brown Belt, so I don't know. <laughs> it could have been one of them was from fucking fifty fifty. Yeah, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that was back before they banned that bullshit. Uh, well, okay. actually, banning that white belt. Thank God. See, you know, when the Federation goes to banning things, they're like, the average motherfucker shouldn't get his foot stuck here. But because you're too dumb, I'm going to. We're going to pause it and, and break that shit up. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. But anyway, it leads us to the next one. What about jumping guards and that? They banned that. And the head, head on the outside single Tomonagi. Listen. Or Sumigayashi. Sumigayashi, I'm sorry. Would the tr- I've been having this conversation with a couple people. Would the truck be illegal in gi competition? Like if you truck? went to finish the truck? Was it an F- F-150 or a Silverado? Which, <laughs> no. Which like, model are we talking about? No, like the, the. What's submission from the truck? Like when you go for the, tw- or I mean when you go for the twister out of the truck. Spine Twi- lock. Twister to spine lock. It would be, lock. be a spinal lock, so you couldn't do any of that. No, that's always been illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Spinal e- lock. I don't think white belts move that way. I think it would snap them at their pelvic girdle. I just think, yeah. I think they would be fucking looking at <laughs> looking at their ass crack. There's some. So by the time, dumbass rules. all right. We, so we get out of here with that. With the with that. Now it fades into YouTube. When do you YouTube? Do you touch guys? We'll touch on this one very lightly. When do, when do, you, when do you? Yeah. What do, do you? What do you? Do you advise your guys to YouTube? I, I t- let me tell you what I tell my guys. On the Miller Martial because, Arts because, channel, don't do shit before you come to me with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, because I, I have had people go, I saw this shit on YouTube, and I'm like, bro. I, I mean, from who? I watch. Yeah, I. You know, believe. And this is once again, and that you know, I have seen like. I've had a some a somebody that would give them a title. I've had a nobody, a white belt, tell me. Uh, he's like, well, I actually saw this one on YouTube, and I and I said I caught myself while I said, that's great. That's great that you watch jujitsu and you see it. Now you see one of ten thousand different ways to do this one position, and then I have to. But I start understand as the instructor that day when I talk to them once again, I try to explain the why of why we're getting here. And understand that it can be done in this many variations, but an arm will always break this way. This is what we're after today. and Or this is what we're after here. And this is what you can most likely expect. But per this type of pass or per this type of position, per this type of submission, this is what I'm after. Maliki has a great 
one of the, one of the great theories that he always that he preaches to people to, and he says you should always be attacking a submission and advancing to position, attacking a position and advance to submission. It's a very good, very good philosophy. And you know what we always talk: sweep, submit, escape. You know, all the time. It's like you, 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 you if you're not playing those games, you just you, you're pissing in your gi. You know what I mean? You're just pissing yourself like purple bells, and so you're stalling. So anyway, it, it's and we advance. I tell my 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 guys who choose to go to YouTube, you know, he's like, and they ask me, hey, is there any like good, you know, is there anybody you'd recommend we watch on YouTube? Just trying to figure some stuff out, maybe see some stuff that it would click in my head. And I tell them, mat time is where it's at, mat time and drilling. And I was like, all these guys that show stuff on YouTube, it's not like they don't preach that. So you might see something very, very finesse and very like, it's beautiful. And you're like, damn. But you, you ain't there yet. You ain't. You don't know how to connect those dots. Like, don't go down that rabbit hole. You know, watch people compete. I was, I was, I was going to ask, like, watching competition. I said, watch these guys compete. Yeah. Watch. And watch, watch what they do Pay at attention the high to level. Them. I said, pay attention. They, they, th the biggest thing is they have the mental maturity to detach from a position in order to evade the points. And then they'll, they'll reattack and reattack and keep that position alive by not giving it up and just sitting on their ass or whatnot, you know. And I said, so pay attention to it. Understand, more importantly, the rules and the judging criteria, scoring criteria, to know why they do what they do. And so, and anyway, we go through that. And I tell my guys that, and they're like, cool. Because I know it ain't going to last long. They ain't going to be out there watching YouTube long. They, they're really not. A lot of guys just don't do it, man. As a beginner, though, they're overeager. Like, you know, yeah. motherfucker got to try to fly an armor on me. Hey, I, I don't even start standing with them unless I unless I'm you know for a very specific reason or something. But there's a lot of guys that show the basics on there too. You can study the basics. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred ten percent. Yeah, hundred ten percent. I still I still think that maybe you could spend more time mentally reflecting on techniques that your coach showed you in the beginning as sure. a white belt. Now I'm talking specifically about white belts. Like they, because you're talking about how eager people can get. Like I noticed right. the white belts who. They sign up, and they're kind of what we were talking about at the coffee shop. Like, these guys want to do the unlimited package, like, right off the rip. Yeah, because yeah they, that's, that's the next topic. They're, they're, they're obsessed. and But, like, these guys will want to YouTube all this in their time off and the days they're not training. It's like, maybe you could be making a, a chart, like a flow chart right. of, like, things and maybe review your notebook and be thinking. I think that more of that would maybe be a little bit better than all that YouTubing. Sure. In the very beginning. Yeah, in, like, the very, in the very beginning, what, I agree. You won't even know what you're looking at, man. I've had like, I've had people come up and go, hey, man, I just saw this happen to me watching something on YouTube, or I was on Facebook and a video popped up because they had searched BJJ on YouTube, and now their feed is clouded with YouTube tutorials. And and they go, uh, and they, they now, um, you know, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention, man, that what you showed this one day can actually be done here, and I happened to see it on the video. It was like, yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Um, but uh, let's liken it to like uh, binge watching, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, let's uh, say, let's say a show comes out like how shows used to come out like once a week or something like that. Right. And what do you do? You think on it all week, right? Like, and when you watched it because you knew it was going to be a week, you're like really absorbing all the details. Right. And then when it's on like Netflix and they release, let's say, twelve episodes at once, and you watch all twelve episodes at once. Yeah. How many of the details? Yeah, for sure. And the gonna... Easter eggs did you get? And all that. How many did you get? Probably not too many, yeah. right? But now the great thing is you can go back and rewatch it and rewatch it. Well, now imagine all of jujitsu, 
like all the stuff that like a black belt had to learn along the way with their mats having stuff. But you're like, I'm just going to watch all the positions right now. You ever, I got uh, it. <laughs> you ever been training with one of your guys and you know them, you know them. And then all of a sudden they start pulling this shit and you're like, Oh, I know. Oh, you've been watching that. You've been Donner watching shit. videos. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> or that, or that Keenan You've shit, and Keenan I don't mean that Keenan shit is not, shit. Yeah, I don't mean it in a bad We're not way. Saying but I, you can it. tell because yeah, yeah. their it's game, their shit, it's their product. Their and game service. all of a sudden started to, oh yeah, to change in a week. And you're like, hey, I see. Yeah, and I got, I feel you. I, I, I know what you do. I'll be watching. Yeah, but what if they stick to that? Is that not them developing their no, game? It is, it is. I'm just saying yeah. we we start we see. But that you YouTube, see it. We yeah. see that YouTube can be once again a seminar, can be used differently as a purple belt. Versus a white belt. White belts be seeing let's, shit, dude. Let's, let's use your ass as an example Me? right now. Okay, yeah, you. I'll be talking about you go right ahead. now. You <laughs> and people like you don't fucking listen. God. And y'all be on some shit where I'll be like, you know what you should do? You should just move to the half. Solidify the half guard and start working on some passing and solidifying some pressure. And you'll be like, all right. And you'll do it for four days. And then you'll get like squirrel, and you'll see fucking Keenan doing some shit. And now I'll see you doing worm garden and vertical. Like, yes. what happened to getting to the top with the shit we've been training, and then moving slow through somebody's? I'll see you backstep and go to a darse that's not even there, and I'm like, what the fuck? You don't listen. Play, yeah, but, but <laughs> I'm think, trying to play a game. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, I think I think at the purple belt level, you begin to play that game of, and then also though. You're like, okay, shit, didn't work. I got fucking, damn, I got swept. Like, I know better. Yeah. Okay, but I'm trying a game. And you're. I think that's great because you're willing to experiment. To experiment and let your, and if you got it in your head that you're willing to take the loss from there, like the, the situational loss, the scramble loss, and not be personal about it, I think I think that is. That's what my last year and a half yeah, have been like. I think it's 110% so. beneficial if, you can, if you're able to do that. It's, it's when people can't, they're like, Oh, oh, it's personal. Like, oh, you fucking white belt swept me. Well, you know, you're trying stuff on them, man. Trying new stuff. The totem yeah. pole is only supported by the guy on the bottom. I think beginner white belts are very important for you to train with. A, they keep your reaction real and true because they, if they don't know, they're just grabbing and scrapping and scrambling, and it'll weed out all the finesse in, in your game and get down to the to meat and potatoes of how to hold somebody down and control them. Slow them down. Slow them down. And ride yeah, them. You, you'll find out how little your yes. lasso inversion yes. works. Right. When, when you need to just use a scissor sweep. That's so let's right. point out, like, when you see me doing this crazy stuff, I'm usually doing it to, like, a white belt or just something. Like, well, I, I won't do that to Shane. You'll do it on me. Oh, man. Well, maybe I am just trying to experience the experiment. Damn, that, that, was a, that, was, that was a hook, line, sinker right there. It was. That was. That was he was like, I do it to white belts. And then he <laughs> 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 That's what I just well. said. <laughs> <laughs> I do it to white belts. So, I didn't double down on it. He did. So, <laughs> I put those dots together. That's why I call y'all that shit. The purple belts, fucking teenagers. You be habitual lines. It's 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 that it's that teenager it's, it's though. That's rebellious. like yeah, you're you're trying to break me. out. You're rebelling against my law in my gym <laughs> with your footsie game. So now I gotta kill you. You grab my feet. Your footsie. And you ain't sucking my toes. Then we're fighting. Why would you ignore fifty percent of the body though? I mean. Shit. I love that wrist lock thing that says why would why would you <laughs> why would you ignore point zero seven percent of the human body <laughs> and it's about a wrist lock. All right, so you that was saying that after thirty you're allowed to uh, allowed to do wrist lock. Yeah, that you right, so yeah. you got we got to the topic of staying with your lineage after you move and then 
you know, um, what to expect from seminars. And then we jumped one on when to YouTube. And what about for beginners, since we're kind of on the beginner trend, how many times a week do you think beginners need to train? It's a very short topic. I think it's very easy to answer. We both agree on it. No more than three. No more than but three. But I think two is the is the magic two, number. Yep, two days and like a bonus day, like an open mat Open day. mat. Yeah, yeah, because the learning curve, you got guys that want to come in, especially New Year's, New Year's resolution guys. New year, new me. I'm coming in. I want to do it every day. And what happens? How long do they last? Two, three weeks in the gym. Well, your gym is no different. When you give them access to a game to play, one of two things are going to happen. They're going to get burnout because they got injured. <laughs> right? They got injured and they're like, oh, shit, I can't do this. But they're just they're going to come in. They're going to have this mass overflow of information. Like Cole said, like binge watching a whole series. You're not going to catch all the fine details. You need time to process and digest what you just learned. It's that old saying, like, the best way to show somebody nothing is to show them everything. Yeah, true. You know? Yeah, you know. That's an old, old saying, man. And What like, about the guy that really wants it, though, that, like, then, shows up then, all the time? He, is it situational for you on that? When I say situational, it's rare. That you like have what that. you're talking yeah. about is a rarity. That's that one guy who's going to get a black belt in three and a half years. Let's not act like there's okay. seven yeah, yeah, yeah. of those in every gym. Yeah. That's not so like I'm not trying to crush your question, but your question is like when you say situational, it's like, no, you're talking about an anomaly. Like so one it's guy. like, yeah, yeah so uh, one guy every five years. Yeah. But, oh, now you used to you wrestled in college. Okay, I might put you on an unlimited membership if you wanted to pay for it it's like but there's like a reason that we structure our memberships the way we do with like a two days a week with the open right. mat option the three days a week now with two disciplines and then unlimited it's not to upgrade you and get you on an upgrade plan it's that's what you should start with you should start most likely with one martial art and only train in two yeah. weekday classes meaning a learning environment and then come to a weekend open mat no we're trying to save you from yourself yeah yeah yeah, that's, I mean, it, it's that's healthy for you and you. us. Like yeah. we retain you as a student. Isolate, yeah. Isolate two days a week. You don't get hurt. And you ain't got your schedule ain't compromised. Make make it two days a week. Make it a point to go. I'm going both these days. I can allot two days a week to do this. Maybe I can't come on Saturdays, or whatever. But I want to come two days, and I am going to learn for our hands down. And it's easy to fit that in your schedule. That's one. And then two, it's it's for your learning curve, your for your progression, your personal development. Take time, man, and. Everybody always asks that question. How long do you think it's going to take for me to kind of like to get it? Or how long is it going to take for me to like for my leg get more flexible? How do I, how do I get more flexible? Do I need to train more days a week? And it's Go not get it. More you need to let your body recover too. Which is new to a lot of people. But like Cole said, unless you maybe have a previous background coming in, you know, he's got like David who wrestled. We have Derek. But these guys, when they came in, it was like, hey. Yeah, you wrestled. Train. No, you, you get, get what it. grappling is. You did you a know? real sport. We know what's up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> for real. But no, it is. You're used to it. You're used to you're used to a tough practices, and you you get it. So I fell in love with it when I started. Sure. So I was. That, and I was and, and that. that's was great that too because then you couldn't. We did too. We trained a lot religiously, but like you then. But now you saying, can't wait. To, you know how much wait I missed to get out on this day. Yeah, you should look forward to it. Yeah. You, right. you should not go, man. I'm paying all this money for it. You're you're broken down from doing. You know, four, four sessions days. that week yeah. already, and yeah. you're like, "Man, I, I need it. I want to take off, but 
yeah, now I'm, I'm paying all this money for this unlimited membership. I gotta go. You don't want to look at jiu-jitsu or at, yeah. or martial arts like that. Yeah, it become a burden to you quick because it, you associate it with just. I mean, it's supposed to be challenging for you, but damn, dude, you you have got to allow yourself the the progression rate. You know, not many people can also mentally can tolerate sucking four days straight. Like, you yeah, like getting your ass kicked. Kind of. You know, that's purple belt shit. <laughs> so, yeah, and it kind of leads us into after the beginner level. And you've, you've got some people that train with you now. At what point do you think, when and why do you start coaching? Or do you put, position somebody into a, into a role of possibly coaching? And what do you expect? And you, what, is, what do you think is expected of you as an instructor? And, and for, not, not just for the class, for your journey. I can, obviously I think we know that teaching is learning. Teaching is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. We know that, but teaching is learning. I think aces in their places is a really, really, really good uh, motto for this because not everybody belongs in certain classes. Not everybody belongs to teach, like Cole said, but aces in their places. You may see somebody come out of their shell with their, not their game, but yeah, but their their ability to, to I'll you know, use their Micah. personal development. Lindsay as well. Let's use Micah. Micah is not made for beginners. L- yeah. Micah does not need see. to teach a beginner class. Sure. It's not that he would be bad at it sure because he wouldn't be but people should also like enjoy teaching that's right and micah wants to do what like the type of stuff that micah does on the mat right he's not wanting to teach shrimp to guard or a upa escape it's just micah like micah's just as good as i am and better in so many things on the mat than me so why do i like i like to teach the fundamentals adult classes Mm -hmm. i like that i really do that's disgusting but uh but disgusting. but some people, like you said, aces in their places. Like somebody, yeah. you, you got a specific guy for a specific job, to somebody who's to teach kids. What and what kids? The four to six yeah. is a different animal than the ten and up. Literally. And you know, literally, I don't get on. I'll get on the ten and up. I'll get on the mats for the four to six. I will not get on the mat for seven to no, nine. I've like, told you about it. I like like I like teaching beginner kids. I like teaching kids because I'm like, hey, hey, you fucked this up. You you've only been on planet Earth for six years. But you, on the other hand, have been on planet Earth for fucking 43 years. You have no reason to not understand what between your legs means. Put the human between your fucking legs <laughs> now. And then they mount them, and it's like, he's between your legs. This is why you are not the engineer you thought you were going to be. You can't figure out inside the circle versus outside the circle. But I like it. I like, I don't know, man. I, I like all of it, honestly. I, I like teaching the adults. What's the minimum requirement, belt level? Teaching? So, you know, what's, what's weird, I, I honestly believe, I personally, I believe in, like we have spoke of in previous podcasts, the, our green belt, so it's, the blue is not their first belt. The green mm-hmm. is the, you know, the first, and then it's the, the blue is the second, and, and according to and, and top team and a lot of other instructor standards, our blue belts have trained for quite a while. I like, I think that blue belt is my minimum. I have a green belt who assists with my kids and who's very, but he's, he's with kids. Yeah. It's Angel. It's an assistant. But he is a phenomenal coach because he is so enthusiastic. Angel gets it. Angel gets the sport. Angel is of blue belt caliber and he just has not received the blue yet. But like, and the longer a, you're around, your standards will change, right? Absolutely. Like, and it's like somebody like you probably has black belts teaching every class you know almost yeah. you know what i mean like yeah, I for like, jujitsu you know? like, yeah that's how i like it. I, um, like I like having my browns enough that's and, an amazing and my black belts teaching all, all classes 
That's and, an amazing uh, prerequisite. And I like the, the striking. I got everybody who's taught striking fights professionally. And I, I, it's something that I just yeah, we do that my, too. in my head that if you are going to teach another human about fisticuffs, then I think that you should have received the check and at least understand it to, to when it can go south and understand because this, that's a go-to-bed that's a go responsibility. You go to sleep at night, you got to know that there's people that train not for sport at your gym. They train for personal protection. I think, and I, know, and I, know fall, I think that falls on a lot of lines, but I'm saying like overall, like you have great coaches along the way. Adam Singer, who yeah. never fought professionally, but very well is of caliber and is great on the mats and all. But like, I think Purple Belt to to start, you know, I'm not saying like you, to have your own school, but like in, a, in our fundamentals classes or like kids classes, like yeah. Purple Belt is our minimum requirement. And often our Purple Belt that's teaching yeah. has fight experience and can teach yeah. a beginner's so class. Oh, I can show you that this actually works. In, you know? Yeah. In my adults, the lowest belt is purple. Yeah. I do not allow any blues or anybody to that because they are still learning. Blues a good helping a belt. Blues a great helping belt. That's why I like my blues in my kids class. Or I like blues to run warm-ups, get ready. But if not, my purples are running warm-ups and my browns and blacks are teaching. Or you got like a new person come in for their it, first fundamentals. Right. You'll pair them with a blue belt That's to right. make them feel good. Or, or yeah. you know, who could, a guy that who could actually and, help. And I, and out of the why I like uh, the purples teaching the fundamental class is because I think it grounds them. It grounds them back to how important the fundamentals are because they are trying new things in their game and as they should. But I believe wholeheartedly they need to understand that the core principle and that and that they can do they can take tiny details that they've learned from all these great instructors that they've watched and they can pull each piece of silver lining out of each of their theories and their philosophies and maybe the technique details, little indifferences they show, and they can implement it and be like, ha. And if they teach that, and it's not something that's FNAF, it's just, hey, it's the difference of an Americana when you just roll the wrist at an Americana. That tiny detail that makes the guy who's a little more flexible go, oh, shit. That, hey, that's tight as fuck off the bat. I, I feel the pressure now. That tiny detail. That's a thing that I – that specific yeah. detail is one that I probably forget 50% of the time to even bring up. Dude, that's the best. That's a, such a good detail Carrot. to roll that With roll kids, that wrist. we teach that mainly, especially with, with the kids, how flexible they are. Throttle that wrist. Yeah. Motorci- I, I was taught motorcycle. Like, yeah. That's, that's right. the first thing I think when motorcycle. I go for Motorcycle. Yeah. Motorcycle, put the elbow to the belt. That's all you got to do, dog. And that motherfucker, homeboy, you turn that damn unlimited member to a two-day-a-week member. That's why. <laughs> that's it. I'll, be, I'll see you all in a month. <laughs> no, it's like that's the reality. But in instructing, that's what I look at. And then when I got guys like Q teaching, or I got Josh McGraw teaching, I got Derek teaching, these, those are all three different games, you know. I guess they're all three different games, and they – and and. It's good to see them like Q teaches in like some of the Monday Wednesday. Same with Derek. When Derek teaches Monday Wednesday, Derek's teaching good jiu-jitsu, but he's going to teach a very strong point of good scrambling or good guard retention, short man game, little man game like mine, and staying compact. And then when Q's teaching, dude, Q's got such an agile and just or a pressure or he can he his game is such a chameleon it can blend, and he moves well with it. Um, but he's teaching. What, what we're isolating out, what we've kind of stayed on, and then he'll teach something that he does from there. And it's it's cool because they get flavor. And that's, like I said, you're just – I like listening to Q teach because he, think, he thinks differently than I do. And I can hear in his words, I'm like, I've never looked at it like that, you know. I'm, it gives you some insight into how – actually he, all, all of our dudes, Into how man, he rolls. Like, like Ralph, great teacher, dude. Um, like great – like when you come to the adult class – 
Ralph, great teacher. Adil's a really Adil good teacher. Adil is a very good teacher. I'm hating to lose him. Um, you know, uh, uh, dude, uh, McGraw, super good teacher. Derek, really good teacher. Good attention to details on things. And uh, and they're just they're it's they understand they they are still very well connected to the lower belts and understand like where they are. That's another thing. Like again, knowing your audience who you're teaching to. And um, it's uh, I think those are some of the things that, and and because you got to think, I don't know. Every coach is going to have their expectations. Their athlete, me, I would want somebody coaching my classes like we have talked about that has experience in it that is going to be able to coach on a multitude of levels of audible, visual, kinesthetic, global. There's different learners out there, and you have to be able to make eye contact. You have to be able to help people. There's certain times you have to learn to climax during your talking and then bring back down. You, ha Dude, I, I'll say this, though. I love coaching kids, and maybe it's because I'm fucking remotely close to their size, and I will throttle an 8-year-old, but, like, <laughs> But no, like I, I, I love coaching kids and I, but I've coached kids for a very long time. I got pushed into coaching kids and I learned how to keep attention and it was taught to me. I didn't just figure it, but it was taught to me. I had a, I was very fortunate and had a great instructor and it was not in jujitsu or wrestling. This was in swimming. I had, a, my boss was a very good kids instructor and I started teaching pre-competitive swim lessons when I was 15 and taught three-year-olds and four-year-olds how to swim and. It was really cool, and I learned about it. You talk about hard, teach a three-year-old, you know, butterfly or backstroke or freestyle, which, which freestyle is easier. It's where we always start with, like with all of our warm-up drills, which is basically the lesson. It's getting, them in the, it's getting them ready to be a student and an athlete for the bronze level or, you know, whatnot, what they're getting ready for. But anyway, in the future, that's what you're building them to be. But, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's really it's interesting. And with adults, you have to – Almost, you have to be enthusiastic. You know, I, I've always added humor when I coach. I've always added humor. I thought I think it's the most important thing. It lightens the it mood lightens the of mood. the anxiety and the stress yeah. that people have. Because there's new people that are like, oh, shit. <gasps> hey, but I'll, hey, I'll go up to Atlanta and teach. I'll, and like they don't get it. <laughs> I'll say some shit and they'll just be. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I tell them. I taught the kids class with one. I said, guys, y'all are allowed to laugh. Because they were. They were doing this, and, they, and then Kira's <laughs> laughing her ass off, my daughter. But they're they're like, okay, they, but they had a great program, you know what I mean? But I just brought strike first, flavor. strike hard, no mercy. Yeah. They had a Cobra Kai type but, uh, of program. Hey, on there. I, I was I was in a uh, I, I was in a, an adult class, and I was I was I was teaching Nogi, and I was like, you know, Tupac said it best, you know, you gotta shake her ass and break her ass. <laughs> fucking radio silence. <laughs> I just, I was like, then you just grab the chin and roll through, and they're like, oh, okay, I, you know, I gotta ask a question. And I was like, see, y'all just missed the Tupac line up here. Y'all some, y'all some hipsters, man. Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hate purple belts or hipsters more? Which one? I hate purple belt hipsters. I hate uh, the ones okay. that became hipsters when they became the purple. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like they. I, I say that lightly. I'm the, I'm I'm laughing. You know what I mean? Like, but we will crush you. But, but you will die. But I <laughs> we mean, will and, crush I, and you. I'm and I'm you know, hey, I'm trying not to be a hipster on the one wheel right now. I'm just getting into this one wheel thing, and these motherfuckers are like, hey, 
slow down, you piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know what fucking tire you want to ride on yet. You know, go decorate your fender colors and your rail guards. Bitch, we over here changing batteries, motherfucker, running 90 on this bitch. You over here just talking about the fucking <laughs> shoes to wear. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. I got I to have my sweat equity. I already fell off and hurt myself, so they can kiss my ass, but but I come back. I bought two You're of them. Still on it. Get back on it. I got it with me right now. So I'll ride that motherfucker in here to ride or die. I am now. I'm going to be one of those hipsters. I YouTubed. I broke every rule I talked about today. I YouTubed immediately, which you're supposed to in that. I ordered shit before I knew what the fuck it was and if it would even fit. <laughs> I rode the bitch backwards the first time. Didn't it have a brake light? It turns. You uh, have not had any protective equipment. <laughs> I have no helmet. I'm the biggest. Oh, I'm the biggest out outcast. I can't tell them I don't have a helmet. On the group, because they will be like, "Oh no!" They go, "Oh, I want to be like you when we grow up." They do all that, you know. And the, and the one wheel, the one wheel community, <laughs> the one wheel community is right, they're garbage. assholes. Because because a motherfucker mouthed off to me there yesterday, and I'm like, I'm on, you know, this is a Georgia page. Like, dog, this state ain't but four hours deep. I'll, I'll drive anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, fifteen miles at a time on my one wheel if I have to, to to change your tone on the keyboard. Like, I'm just trying to learn, you know. And I try not to be, I'm trying to be a student of just the industry. It's fun. Try to be a white belt. I'm trying to be a white belt the right way. I'm trying not to be a spastic. Hey, riding motorcycles is no different. 100%. I rode with a group for a long time. I watched motherfuckers come past me on back tire, 100 miles an hour. And then I remember when I did that once. And I were like, they, they, fly, they were like, no, you will never do that again. And we'll kick you out of here. And I was like, what about that guy? He's been doing that for 15 fucking years. Let him die on his own. Let him die like a real man. And But anyway, they nipped it in the ass. And I was like, my bad. I didn't know, I, you know. Sorry. I didn't know. My, I ain't got enough scuffs on my bike to ride a wheelie yet that fast. But no, I'm, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm learning the game, dog. And Cole got one before me. He got a helmet. And I'm over like, this motherfucker got a helmet. Got a helmet. Look I had it. a helmet. Look at this bitch. <laughs> Riding, motherfucker looked like he's in a riot suit <laughs> riding down the road. <laughs> fucking full neck brace with supports to his shoulders. Like, <laughs> Any of y'all wearing wrist braces? No. Or we're not bringing the 90s back? <laughs> hey, no, I, I did. I, you can actually go to my phone and open it in a safari. Right now, I looked up full protective gear for my daughter because she likes it. They need It's just like that, though. The and guys, I, and I'm, I'm going to make her wear a helmet. And wrist guards. Same, you know, I'm just, I know the dangers, and I'm, I'm just, just, just me being stupid. Me, me, me sleeping on it, just like you know. It's like if my daughter told me she wanted to fight professionally, I'd tell her no, unless they started paying women a lot of money. I'm paying them what they're worth. Cole, Cole, madly disagree. Running flight, they're not worth shit. No, I just pay the men more. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Just pay the men more. Like, just quit trashing the men. Now, like you, women make, make more money. Women, everybody make more money. Yeah, make yeah, more money. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, but you know, I, yeah. Paige Van Zandt just made a bunch of money. Bare knuckle boxing. Or she something. did. Not OnlyFans account. I like that stare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she will go down in her book as having done that, and Cole's like, "You think you're better than me? <laughs> I'll still fucking punch you into the dirt." <laughs> I'd love to make five hundred thousand. No, that's true. Cole's only fan page coming. I'm not. I'm not. Week. I'm not hating on, on Page Van Zandt. I'm not. Like, I'm not doing it standing in front of Hector Lombard. Yeah. I'm not doing it standing in front of Hector Lombard. Nope. 
Yeah, or, or or Pitbull. Nope. Who did Paige Van Sant fight? I'll stand in front of that girl for 500000 <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Catch a couple. Dude, you will lose more chromosomes than a fucking Coke bottle contains fighting Hector <laughs> Lombard in Bare Knuckle. Mm-hmm. Or, dude, it matter all the guys. Hey, Joe and like Joe Elmore, Rusty Crowder, them two dudes. This sport was made for them guys. Hey, and there's 100%. another fighter, Ronnie Rogers. I would love to see Ronnie Rogers fight bare knuckle because he was such Elmer's a bruiser. Space after that last yeah, fight? Yeah, Elmore's fight. But did you see it a week later? Uh, yeah. Phenomenal. He's did you, one today. He's did you see Pitbull's face? Yeah, I saw Pitbull's Woo. face too. I mean, they, they all get fucked up. But, dude, Joe Elmore got – his face was, like, hit up par. But, dude, he, he's on a tear. He's 2-0 right now. Rusty Crowder's got – a good got, fight he had he's last. He's the champ, right? Crowder? No, 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 no. I don't think Crowder okay. fought for a belt. No, he was an opening fight okay. last time, but he Crowder's got a good record I think right he's now. He's in the running for it. He's two and one now, right? Uh, I, think I think so. I think he's two and one. Oh, that Uncle? guy Johnny Bedford is the champ. That's yeah, Johnny right. Bedford. Yeah, Man, that's old champ. school MMA guy. Yeah, but yeah, dude, that's uh, yeah, man. I, I ha- have you had anybody come in here asking about Bare Knuckle yet? Like, do y'all train for that? Because I know that shit's coming. Yeah, people are gonna start. It's gonna start I, happening. Do you think it's gonna change the boxing a little bit? The I what? don't. You don't you, you don't think anybody's gonna like adapt their boxing for the fact that they're punching people in the head? I, I mean, like people already knuckles. are doing that, but yeah. but no, I'm saying that it won't change the sport of boxing. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm more meant like those guys. You're not gonna see them doing like traditional Western boxing. Well, they will. They will. They'll go back to the old school rules, and they'll they'll go start to the doing body more. They'll probably they'll probably start like. You know, hitting the bag, but bare knuckle. We're just a light yeah. wrap over the, the hands to protect the, the skin and and stuff. They'll they'll be more like getting back to body hardening type of techniques and picking and choosing their shots to the face, things yeah, like I mean, that. I mean, you know, obviously it's you hit somebody up in the dome oh. up here or in the forearms mm-hmm. or in the elbows. I mean, it's it, it hurts. It brings different variables to the fight by far. Things that do have to be adapted. You know. That's not giving you street fighters any ammunition out there. Y'all still don't know what the fuck y'all are doing, and y'all still that. get mopped up by anybody that trains anywhere. Hey, Colby Covington. I was fixing to ask, what do y'all think? First LeBron James. Oh, come on, we know. I, I, honey, let me finish. Okay. LeBron six months of training with John Jones with anybody. Six months? I don't think he makes it through the six months of training saying, with that, John that, Jones. That, these are the numbers I've seen online, man. Come on. Oh, my God. I don't think he shows up the practice. Hey. Talk about an Oregon State Beaver All American wrestler. Let him know the pressure. That that man that that man has it. I, but people go. People I, I've seen. It, it's funny, you know. We're online. We're all just you know spitballing and shit, and it's, uh, it's you know it's, it's trolling at its best. I'm talking about you, Eakin. I saw it today on Eakin's. I was like, trolling motherfucker. <laughs> Trolling motherfucker, <laughs> and people are biting on it like, oh, boy, hands down. Somebody's like, oh, he'll beat that. He'll beat that Trump coward to a to a. I'm like, man, you have no idea. I mean, in general, I mean, we all know what's up, but like certain general, like non pe- people that don't game. follow. I don't devalue my training. I know what I know. I don't devalue my training and my upbringing to go like a basketball player with uh, six months, six years, whatever can just flatline. A dude who has spent a decade. How tall is he on his just back? Just this. How tall is LeBron on I mean, his back? That that was the question. Yeah, that was. Funny. I saw that. I was like, yeah. How tall is he on his back? But it was really funny though. Yeah. I, mean, we, I love, I, but I point. do love these. Like when we have these, like, what do y'all think of so and so? This and this. You remember that movie Sin City? Yes. Everyone like uh, Bruce Willis like stomps that yellow villain's face <laughs> out and it like splatters. Like that's what the ground and pound would look like dude, after yeah. Colby got done. But not hundred percent. People go like people go like, 
you know, how tall they are and this and that. Y'all, I remember when I was in high school, we had, we practiced in an area where we had issues with the basketball team at times. And, um, and it finally happened. They, they, and when I coached at Rutland, we let it happen too. Cause we practiced in an area where the basketball program was as far as like in same facility. And it was a matter of time before the shit talking would take place. And it would like, it would, it, it would escalate to work. Cause they're friends when I'm, I'm not there. They know each other in school, but when practice was going on, they'd be talking shit to each other. And I watched, I mean, I watched one of my wrestlers just beat, just melee. And you're talking about one of my wrestlers. He's, he's only wrestled at the time for like three years, but he was an athlete. And this other basketball player was an athlete. And I watched him melee this kid, melee him. And because they all did the same thing. I mean, the kid turned to his stomach to get up, and he was doing push-ups instead of building the base correctly. Any, you know, man, just getting killed. And I, I just always revert back to that. And I have all the respect in the world for professional athletes in their respected industries. I, hey, fuck Deion Sanders, dude, fucking. Neon Deion. Bo Thomas. Number 21 and number 24. One of the greatest <laughs> athletes to ever play for the greatest and then you got but then you got a you got i think the the best i think one of the coolest ones was watch michael jordan even come and go and play for the white Sox, which was yeah strong that was purely a ratings thing but hey he the dude did you watch the netflix uh documentary what they talked about during that i never really knew like they were like no like he took this seriously he He was like i'm gonna be good yeah he dude he did he hit some dingers yeah he did he hit some dingers he i mean he He could play the game to something he could play the game it was cool it was like to see that was really cool man it was like to come from basketball into that but this isn't a game but this is not you don't play hey hey, y'all what do y'all think about colby covington versus lebron in one-on-one basketball huh what do you guys (laughs) think yeah like colby's gonna win right right yeah Dude, I just want to see both of them in ice hockey. It's like, shut up. I want to see something at neutral as a plan filled out and then have them fight on skates. Some of those goons. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I want to see. a goon. I want to see both of them versus one goon. Mm hmm. Bring me an enforcer. That's all he does. Bring one enforcer out and let both of them fight on skates against that dude. Shit, let both them dudes fight on fucking cleats while the dude's on, while the goon's on skates. Dude, be ugly. I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I, you know. Hockey fight, with a yeah, like let's let's give Colby Covington skates one week of just moving around on skates, <laughs> and then and, I'd pay, and, I'd pay to hey, watch I that. I would like to watch I'd pay to I watch would. that, and then put him against the top enforcer in the league. Yes, in the NHL. I would. I, bet, I would but pay with, with Colby's wrestling and a grip. I bet if he, yeah, I bet it'd be competitive. I bet it'd be fun. Competitive, Dude, Colby's gonna destroy him. Some yeah. of those, some of those goon guys train too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. What are we talking about? Right now? <laughs> no, it's We're talking about Colby Covington. We're not talking about okay, some yeah, MMA yeah. fighter. We're some talking about Colby fucking Covington. He's going to fucking destroy any goon in the league on skates while he's on skates okay. with a, a week of being on skates. Hell, I, right I pay right to watch now, that is all I'm know? saying. <laughs> Fight Circus has me hooked. I want, I'm ready for the next one. That was great. That was great. Fight two, Circus two, was great. You know, they had a, a chick versus a dude and BJJ. You know, uh, it was a 10-minute match, I think. It was good. And I didn't watch it. You had two two 115-pound brothers versus a pro middleweight, like this Russian dude. At the same time? Same time. Where do I watch this? This was in Thailand. It was it, awesome. Is it on the internet? It's called Fight Circus. Okay, I'm looking this up. Does it, that was, it was, uh, to me, I liked it. It, was, it. it shook some shit up. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm down for some cross-promotion, you know, some cross-industry fighting. Like, Fuck it. I mean, they can send the whole fucking 
send the whole Cavaliers team out for all I give a fuck. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, nobody knows how competitive the Olympics are until you put an average person in it. So, like, I'm down to for the reality check. I like watching shit like that. I think that's great. So, I don't know, you know. What's, uh, is there anything else today that we're covering? Are we actually straight away off topic? Absolutely. That's good, though. Because I, I think that shit's funny. And uh, I see the, the, the commenting back and forth on it and the bantering. It's, it's mainly amongst fans, not amongst anybody. They both said their piece, and that was it. One will step up and fight tomorrow with his own money. Right. And win. That's just, we know that. That's just the reality. I think this is the world's way of trolling everybody because I can't believe people are buying into it. I've done no research, but I saw something that uh, Gordon put up like two hundred thousand dollars that he would fight him. Oh, it was no, he was, he was against no, it was against it was against Colby's coach. Oh, okay. It was against, okay he okay, said okay, he okay. Colby was talking about his coach and that he's he wholeheartedly believes in his jiu-jitsu. And oh, dude, Danny Valverde. Yeah, is and the he real said deal. he said I'll put up a hundred G's and Col- and Gordon said, I'll you know I'll put it up. It was like his hundred versus two fifty or something. Danny Valverde an interesting match. I don't because they'd be competing. Yeah. I don't know if this is closed door or not. Like, uh, okay. uh, and I was, I was not super close with Valverde, uh, but like you just heard like what other people would say about him, and it was like that he just wasn't the best competitor. But I've trained with him. He's one of the best. He's one of the top ten best guys I've ever been on the mat with ever. And I've been on the mat with some real hitters, you know. And uh, he's a judo black belt. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, he is – when you say judo black belt, that means like his nawaza on top is just nasty. He's an Abu Dhabi veteran. He grappled in 05. Um, he lost to Diego Sanchez, I think, in the first round by decision. I think he just kind of got overwhelmed with the cardio. Um, but he is – about as world class as it gets. I haven't rolled with him in ten years, but one of the best guys I ever trained with on the mat. Got a he had a he had some sick throws. His arm bar is his best submission, and it's from anywhere. It's from top. It's from top top scarf hold. It's from bottom guard. He really showed me some really cool details on the guard finish. Excuse me from uh, arm bar, but um, not some not some chop. But to say Gordon Ryan, yeah, he's the, he's the king right that's now. The man, yeah. dude, he's uh, you know, he's one of the dudes now who's like, I mean, uh, people, you ain't gotta like the dude. He's no, I mean, he he's put himself out there and he's willing. To, I, what I like about it, I like I like his approach. He's like, I put my money. I yeah. like, dude, that yeah. it, hey, yeah. that's when the you ultimate. See a guy talk, hey, that's and then the he ultimate. Puts money where the mouth right, is. That's the go. ultimate. He's talking <laughs> about, he's talking about, dude, he's talking about putting half a mil. Talking about yeah. putting a full mil. Like he's like, I put it down. He, what was it? It was my mill versus versus Galval's half. Oh, when they were talking something. about them like, too. Yeah, it got yeah. ugly, man. It got big. It was like yeah, yeah. You talking to like be the most the, the most money made in in a tournament or in a, in a match in grappling one hundred percent ever. And and but to, yeah, I like his approach, dude. I've always liked these ideas of these buy-ins and these winner take-alls. I do too. Cause, and yeah. that's a customary in drag racing. It's yeah. a customary yeah. in drag racing. Like, no, nah, you want in, buy in on the big pot. If you say you're the fastest. And you and you know you got it. It's it's a run once you brung situation, but here are the stipulations, and the steps ain't much. It's like you, it's fast a street car. Like oh you 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 you're driving this bitch, and then you're gonna go straight to the lanes, get in the get in the box and and then go. Like I like it, man. He's I think that's really cool that he's because he 
you ain't got to like them. You, your ass is going to do one thing. You're going to watch them. You're going to be like, motherfucker. This motherfucker just put up a million dollars, or he put up half a million, or he put up 250000 Like, bro, that's a lot of fucking money. So, dude, it'd be legit if I seen somebody do that in a fight. I really like, matter of fact, this has been some time back. There was a, uh, it was a fight in Atlanta, but um, there is um, Jose Medrano uh, fought um, Diego Bautista for a winner-take-all fight. They had a drama with each other. They had, like, a little bit of beef with each other. I heard about this. These one. motherfuckers fought for a winner-take-all. You ain't talking about a ton of money, but, hey, somebody legitimately trained for that fight and went home with no paycheck. Minus what maybe what they got for sponsors and ticket sales, but still, man, like, I liked it. I was like, bro, homeboy hit a winner-take-all. Like, that is where it's at. That's cool. You talk about putting some stakes on the line, dude. Holy shit. Like, you know, it, it sucks already yeah, at low-level like, pro fighting. It doesn't even matter, like, regional the, level the, skill, the skill level. Like, you, that just yeah. intrigues somebody, you know? Yeah, like, with, in, at the regional level, when you're not getting paid, you know, a 1000 to show. I think the main event in Georgia is, like, one and one so somebody went home with like three G's or whatever, you know, or they had like, they had like a down the middle pot, like winner take all. Cam, mm-hmm. that's right. Cam did that. Cam did. That's cool. Yeah, Cam did. They did a winner take all fight with Cam. I remember Cam Gittemeyer. who was it? Uh, I forget. Somebody somebody fought somebody for a dollar. Um. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Franca fought yeah. Manny Reyes Jr. Yes. for a dollar. Yeah. That was that was fucking funny. But like, yeah, shit like that, man. Like, what, dude, imagine imagine a winner take all fight for you know when when these upper echelon guys are starting. And they're putting their own money. And they're putting up their own money. If yeah. they put their own money, it gets real. That's when it gets. That's when it gets janky, boy. That's that's wild. That's like holy that's shit. Like racing for slips. <laughs> like l- legitimately like, walk fucking home. That's slips. a real thing. <laughs> but damn, dude. Yeah, I think that's a cool little thing. Like if. I think in the world of like right now what's going on in combat sports, you know, why fight circus was going on at the exact same night and time as the UFC, they were like, people were like, God damn, I want to watch this freak show shit because it's different. And they did. And so like, I think the change, the stakes may be one of the next moves coming in. I wouldn't say it's like, it's going to be a, an industry leading the new standard, but I think it makes things interesting. A winner take all fight. I think that's very cool. Definitely get my view. You, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, I see these guys on I'm the NFC page talking, and I'm like, maybe you should do a winner take all fight if you really want that fight. If you like, really want to fight that they, guy, they said that you want to fight that guy, and you're talking shit. I'm like, I bet you don't do a winner take all. It's <laughs> like, you know. And, and these days, hey man, you just the promoter be like, hey, I like the sound of it. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, my favorite know. thing from the Atlanta fight scene is <laughs> when they say anybody can get it, and then the very next. Uh, statement to the promoter is, nah, I cross train with that guy. Sometimes we're friends. Or then they, <laughs> they, they come in way overweight and they miss weight against the, the guy. Yeah. But they never had a, a plan to make the weight anyways. But you a bitch because you didn't take it. Yeah. But you oh, they don't even make it to the scale. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's. They're weighing in on that piece of paper with the calculator between their feet. Being, yeah, 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 yeah. 130. Yeah, no, it's, there's, it's, um, you know, there's some interesting uh, there's some interesting points today, like when when there's maybe not many fights that people want to see coming around the corner. There's, I think, there's just some interesting fill-ins if there are really just good, just fan fights. Yeah, a winner take all. I think's a great platform. Yeah. So, well, all right. Word. That wraps it up. Got anything else? You want to thank anybody? You're welcome. So I did come out here all the way from Macon. 
my feet hurt right now from working so hard, so this shit's ridiculous. I'm actually swinging my legs in this chair, so. Go one-wheel it off. Yeah, if you guys get a one-wheel, look us up. They're legit. Go dump you about 1700 to $1,800. Get you a one-wheel XR Plus. Or, uh, yeah, X, yeah one-wheel. Yeah, go and get you a one-wheel XR and get on it, man. And, uh, yeah, get you some accessories and and uh, learn how to ride it for a couple hours. And then... Uh, then you're an expert. Then, yeah. Then and then I want then uh, get on the forums and stir some shit. Up. What's the What's the like? What are you riding on a long drinking? What's like if I saw somebody riding on a one way one wheel? What's the stereotype? One wheel rider. Uh, well, not you. With me, you're gonna see a white claw. Because <laughs> when there's the claw, watermelon. There's no <laughs> Specific. Specific one. But no. Um. You know, I, I I really can't speak for the Atlanta scene, the, the larger cities, because that's where these things are popular at. And I, I tell you what, when me and Cole and them, when I ride them, period, people look at me fucking sideways. Homeboy's looking at me like fucking Michael J. Fox on the damn hoverboard shit. I'd be like, you know, but um, I do, and I get, uh, what, what is that thing? What's it called? Or how does that work? I got so many looks and, and questions when I rode at Emerson Water Park or Emerson um, – Riverwalk uh, last week, and um, but I can't speak for the Atlanta scene. But from what I from what I seen on the internet, they drink piss because these motherfuckers. Some of the comments, I'm like, you know, this shit's not real. Like this Facebook thing is not really me. I mean, I'm here, but I, I hope you wouldn't say that shit to my face. Not in that tone. They're just some of them are just assholes when you ask questions. And people on there know, like, these people on here are such assholes. So they're they, snooty. They, that's just Facebook. Yeah, some of them are like, oh, you, you never put this battery combo on that. And why would you do that? Oh, this is the best wheel you need to run, you know. And I didn't know it was that complicated. I didn't know you could, man. like, order new oh, wheels. Oh, so you can, like, you can have, you know, and they're going to have their crowds. There's trail riders. There's city. There's, like, asphalt. You know, people oh, are like, wow. oh, we just, me and Cole, we just mainly ride on <laughs> sidewalks and shit. And, I this like, is like the the old school '90s, like it, the snowboarders hey, and the skiers being like, "Oh, you're you're a loser because you ride a snowboard." That's right. Hey, when you yeah, when you when yeah, it's like surfers are to bodyboarders. Yeah, you know? like yeah. bitch, I'll fucking run you over. You're a loser, motherfucker, I'll cut you, bitch. So nah, and then you get up on the board and get your ass beat by some dude on a damn bodyboard with fins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like getting your ass whooped with some flippers on. But anyway. So, yeah. but no, like, there's guys that ride trails, and I'm not, I'm not that level yet, but I would like to learn. He's on the one wheels. And I'm gonna, tr I'm gonna, I just wanna, I just like it. They're cool as shit, but if I had to guess, man, them dudes. If one wheel wants to sponsor hey, this podcast, give us a call. Listen, listen. If I had to guess, them dudes ride. They, they. I don't know, man. They, they, they probably, they probably got to go home to their fucking some wire hair dog, and they got to get in there fucking really cool old forerunner that's got fucking 690,000 miles on it but I'll tell you you're emitting carbon and you're diesel which I am I'm in today thank you GMC and then and they'll probably go to decadent I, I mean this this is black coffee okay okay <laughs> yeah but they added uh, pumpkin spice and then they did all, I'm actually falling into the stereotype yeah, right now. Just, the more I think about it, I even got on a pair of chubbies. These are as short as they get. These are my shorts. It's as small as they make hair. them. My hair ain't fucking helping me. My hair yeah. is all. It's I a matter of time before that's pulled up into a top knot. Like a, you know, 
some kind of a we'll be bringing you guys a, a vlog dedicated to the one wheels here pretty soon mid 30 year old coach lathan lesbian professor bubby practice. myself we'll be rocking it yeah they're fun they're really fun they are super fun to get one we will have you in we won't kick you out unless you do white belt shit you do white belt shit can't be in the club yeah you can't come in white yeah so all right <laughs> later <laughs>